Deputy Peshenka stood at attention, with his back pressed against the wall of the barn, his service revolver clenched in his right hand and held near his line of sight, his left hand on his radio. Inside the crumbling barn, he heard the maniacal laughter of a crazy man, one who seemed to have nothing to lose. Henry, I'm going to tell you one more time to put your pants back on and get out here, or it's going to get ugly, Sheriff McDade Carson called out, her gun lowered near her hip, but still in effective range. And that's what makes her sheriff. She's so calm about the whole damn situation, Pesh thought to himself, momentarily comforted by the fact that Amy was here and had taken charge. When he'd called for backup after the first gunshot, or what amounted to backup in Hale, Texas, whose population was more cows than people, Amy was the only one who answered. Of course, his only other choice had been Deputy Matthews, and he was halfway across the country on another call. Sheer dumb luck in the governor's office a year before had only made it possible for Hale County to afford two full-time paid deputies for the first time since the old West days of gunslingers and outlaws. The rest of the force was made up of volunteer reserve deputies, who only worked when they were called on, but they were more for things like helping move the booths at the annual summer fair than for matters of law enforcement. Pesh, you take the eastern side of the barn, watch for windows or holes between the planks, anywhere he could shoot. I'm going this way to see if there's another way in. Pesh nodded his understanding and crouched low as he began his careful and quiet tiptoe around the side of the old building. Amy almost laughed for only a second at the sight of her deputy dropping almost to the ground like some part of a SEAL team on a mission, but stopped herself. Pesh had only just graduated from the training program a year before. She'd rather have a deputy who took his job seriously than one who didn't think about it enough. Seeing him move in a textbook fashion made her begin to wonder. Maybe she was the one who didn't know how to assess the situation. Her years as a Detroit police officer were long behind her, and she'd spent the time since then happily married to one of the Carson Hill Ranch sons. Her days were filled with getting bobcats out from under elderly people's porches or settling a dispute about a game of darts in the town's one bar and grill. Her evenings were spent on the sprawling 800,000-acre ranch her husband's family owned, a place where the most action she'd be likely to see would be a runaway calf sprinting past the house. But here she was, stranded with a loaded gun pointed at the ground, ready to fire on one of her own townspeople if it came to that. Perhaps she'd become too laid back out here in this quiet but wild part of the state, but never let it be said that Amy McDade Carson was too proud to admit her own failings. Taking a cue from her own deputy, she slid down silently until she was almost touching the ground, walking slowly to reach the other side of the barn. When she and Pesh came face to face on the opposite side of the barn, taking stock of any other openings in the building, they nodded. Amy's renewed sense of respectful examination of the job solidified a plan in her mind. "'Now we wait,' she whispered. "'You take this door,' and I'll go around the front. We'll wait him out all day if that's what it takes. I'm sorry to second-guess you in the middle of a crisis, Sheriff, but 
Are we really just going to leave an armed man in this lady's barn? What about the damage he can do in there? Pesh asked carefully. The last thing he wanted to do was appear to question his superior officer, but he'd never heard of wait till the perp falls asleep or dies as a plan of action when he was doing his training. 